You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1079. Disengagement within the workplace not only affects the outcomes, but also a company's well-being and the atmosphere. By reading Andrew Sherman's latest book, The Crisis of Disengagement, you can see how the bigger issues that could be lethal to business and morale. I've asked Andrew to join us today to discuss how business leaders can remedy disengagement and how you, as a business owner, can reignite culture in your company. Andrew, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. It's great to be here, Rick. Did you say 1,079? Did I hear that right? You did, sir, yes. That is impressive. I mean, clearly, you are engaged, and you're an inspiration to others. Well, thank you. What a great way to start the show. That was not necessary, but I appreciate it. You know, let's start with the heart of the matter, disengagement. In your research and in the work you've done to write the book, what is your view on how it can be even lethal to a company and to a company's morale and culture? It, it's lethal not only to companies, uh, Rick. It's it's lethal to our country. It's lethal to our ability to stay competitive. You know, instead of talking and debating and arguing over tariffs and taxes, uh, we should be arguing and debating around fixing our disengaged cultures, which would keep us way more competitive than any trade restrictions. The impact on disengagement, apathy, complacency has been well documented now by Gallup and other studies by major consulting firms on productivity, on innovation, on creativity, on profitability of the company, as well as basic things that your listeners probably could figure out, like recruitment and retention. I mean, we are in a war for talent. Smaller companies are disadvantaged in that war, and if they've got a disengaged workforce, there's no way they can win that war. They can't even win a battle within that war if there's you know rampant apathy and complacency. And the consequences of this disengagement spills over to things like customer service. It spills over to the health and mental wellness of your workforce. It In construction and manufacturing, it can spill over to incidences of safety and health and food handling in the hospitality industry. I mean, when people don't care about their jobs, you can just imagine the spillover effects on every component of our work, of our supply chain, of our distribution channels. You know, we're allegedly living in the experiential economy, but how can you possibly have a positive customer experience if the person that you're interacting with at the business won't even lift their head up from their smartphone to look you in the eye or to say your name? how, how How do you define disengagement? I define disengagement as any employee that has either lost touch with the core mission and values of the company or the business model of the company or lost touch with their own life's purpose, their life's mission. They, they are apathetic. They are complacent. They are reactive, not proactive. They have lost any interest in moving the company's needle forward 
or delighting the customer. And, you know, we'll get to the Gallup study in a minute, which was my inspiration for writing the book, and that Gallup study is as plain as, as it can be that this is truly a crisis, and it's a crisis that leaders of companies and all of your listeners, whether you're listening today as the owner of a business, as the manager of a business, or even just uh, a, an ordinary employee in a company, all of us can play a role at reversing this terrible, terrible trend. I'm talking with Andrew Sherman. He's the author of his latest book, The Crisis of Disengagement. I, I only have a, a minute before our first short commercial break, and then we'll come back. And, we, and I'd like to talk about the Gallup poll and that. But, of course, uh, I'm, whatever I'm, you want. Sure. One, one of my beliefs working with small and mid-market companies is an engaged employee workforce is one of the best competitive advantages they can work for because it's so uncommon in their larger competitors. Is that what your research and what you found? 100%. Or? Totally okay. agree with you. Okay. So you can go down that line and I'll pick up wherever your question leaves off. Okay. My question is, it's the hardest, th in my opinion, it's the hardest thing for your competitors to copy, big or small. You know, they can copy your website, your pricing, your logo, just about it. They can hire your people, but they can't come back to work one day and go, geez, XYZ company has a, employees that are on fire. I want to do the same thing here. I mean, that, that just doesn't happen overnight. So if you have an engaged workforce, maintaining it is critical. It's your competitive edge, absolutely. And it touches the customer. In, a, in big ways, both directly and indirectly. And remember, it touches the customer these days in ways that we could have never imagined when you and I were younger men, and that is social media. Remember, an unhappy customer 20 years ago would grumble, you know, in their neighborhood meeting or church or synagogue. An unhappy customer today, Yelp reviews, TripAdvisor reviews, tells thousands and thousands of people, I went into this business expected to be delighted, and I came out disappointed. The right. level of accountability and transparency has has risen. Okay, we're going to take a very short break here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. And so, Andrew, when we come back, I really want you to kind of talk about the inspiration for crafting and writing the crisis of disengagement. Sure. Will you do that for us? Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this word from me. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, the Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. I told you we'd be back quickly here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. You know, all of our shows can be heard anytime on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, several hundred former guest websites whose CEOs have put our program on their website. You know, since we started this show in 2009, we've reached 
hundreds of thousands of listeners through our live stream, our podcast, and our other platforms. Simply type in Critical Mass Radio Show into your favorite podcasting software, and you can find our weekly shows. Videos of our shows are available on YouTube as well. All right, we're talking with Andrew Sherman. He's the author of the book, The Crisis of Disengagement. Before the break, I ask you to kind of share the inspiration for writing this book. Could you do that for us, Andrew? Absolutely, Rick. Thanks for asking that question. You know, it's not something I get asked on radio and podcasts, and it's something I love talking about. Um, This is my 26th book. The two books that tie back to this book was a book I wrote uh, about five years ago called Essays on Governance and a book I wrote called Harvesting Intangible Assets. And to be honest, Rick, I thought I had finished. I thought I was done on this particular topic. And I realized that if we don't have good governance, we definitely can't have productivity, innovation, good culture. If we don't have systems for harvesting our intangible assets, we certainly can't have growth and innovation. But the piece that I was missing, the piece I couldn't figure out, was the culture piece. And then I read the Gallup study, and I nearly fell out of my chair. And this, the data, which we'll share in a minute, was so staggering, so disturbing, so concerning to me that I was inspired to essentially write a book about it. And I really, to be very honest with your listeners, this is not a subject matter that I consider myself to be an expert on. Every other book I've written, I have direct experience. This book, for the first time in my writing career, was written merely from the perspective as a concerned citizen, someone very worried about our future and our children's future if we don't reverse this trend. And at no point in the book that I profess to be an expert the way I do in other books that I'd written, I just wanted to kind of take the shoulders of our country and shake them a little bit into thinking about this issue and coming up with some solutions for this issue. So how do you, talk about solutions, we we have about five minutes left here on the radio show pro, uh, podcast. How can leaders of middle market firms kind of remedy this disengagement and fix the issue? Yeah, so the first thing I've been saying to people is stop thinking like it's 1990s. I walk into companies, I say, so talk to me about your disengagement challenges. And they say, oh, well, we have employees that are fully engaged. In fact, we have free bagel Fridays and a ping pong table. And I'm like, okay, uh, I'm not sure that free bagels is going to get the, you know, move the needle in innovation and creativity these days. I've asked clients and companies that will listen to really rethink their entire rewards and compensation and benefits. Listen carefully to what the worker of today really wants to, to accomplish and, You know, so many things now, peer recognition, you know, non-quantitative variables that we can talk about in a second. But one way I said it to a client the other day is, you know, in 1995, people were happy to get a free soda. Today, they want fresh juice bars and yoga mats. And Mm -hmm. if you're still thinking free soda, you're still thinking like it's 1995. And this is not just an issue uh, with the younger people. Our entire workforce is becoming more focused on what they really want from their work. And leaders have their head in the sand way too many times uh, on these matters. So, so you mentioned that quantitative rewards are no longer effective. Can, can you give us a little more uh, 
about how do you inspire true joy, pride, or passion at work with your employees? I do think that we're moving towards an age of enlightenment. In that age of enlightenment, people are going to be, of course, interested in paying their bills. They always will be. But they're also interested in things like peer recognition, defining their legacy, living a life that matters. Help Leaders need to help their employees understand how what they do really does matter. Matter inside the company, matter outside the company, matter inside their community. Give them opportunities to matter even more, you know, through corporate social responsibility programs and charitable giving and other ways to engage with the community. Nobody wants to say on their tombstone, you know, I lived in a cubicle and moved papers around. Uh, mm-hmm. People want something bigger than that. And I think as leaders and board members of companies, it's time we give them what they're asking for because what they're asking for is not terribly expensive. It just means rethinking our business models, rethinking our comp systems, rethinking our rewards. And also, you know, people at the end of the day, uh, every study shows that intrinsic reward, recognition, flexible work schedules, experiences at work, training and education, all of those are ranked higher than an extra $100 in their paycheck. Study after study after study proves it. So one of the things you said in the first block that I wanted to circle back on is the misperception potentially of a business owner or top executive that they, in fact, do have an engaged workforce when probably in the Gallup survey, they would, if they saw the facts, they might be surprised that they don't have an engaged workforce. What recommendations could you make to help a business owner determine the level of engagement that currently exists inside their company? Well, first, they have to have real and open dialogue. You know, I have one client that takes engagement surveys every week. Every week? I mean, really? Of course people are going to tell you what they want to hear. I call it ENC syndrome. Do you know what ENC stands for? Emperor's New Clothes. The Emperor's New Clothes. Do you remember the story of the Emperor's New Clothes? Everyone told the Emperor how great he looked when nobody wanted to tell the truth. And too many companies are run through a culture of Emperor's New Clothes syndrome. And so in order to uncover the problem, you have to get past the layers of the onion where everybody tells you what you want to hear. And not every business owner even wants to hear the truth. You know, remember the Jack Nicholson line, you can't handle the truth. You know, make sure that you can handle what is going to be shared with you honestly and transparency. Because otherwise, they'll just share it on Twitter and Facebook uh, when they get home at night. And that's not the kind of culture you want. That's interesting because a friend of mine who's a consultant here in Southern California likes to find out what a business owner or CEO's relationship to feedback and advice is. And I thought that's a exactly. great way exactly. That's a great way well to phrase said. it. That's very well said. Yeah. So if someone would like to learn more about what your work, and I, I'm so impressed that you continue to write books after you've written so many. This is awesome. It's an honor to have you on the program. How would they find this and the other books that you've written? Where would you suggest they go? I think the two main websites would be to uh, look at my Amazon author page under Andrew J. Sherman, and all my books are there. And my bio and contact information is on the Cyforth website. Uh, that's www.cyfarth.com. And if you're on the website looking for my contact information, I would also direct you towards one initiative 
that, Rick, I think your listeners will be uh, interested in, and that's an initiative that we have right now. Uh, we call it the future of enterprise. Um, it was the future of, of the workforce, the future employer, and we've broadened it out to future of enterprise. I think that disengagement is an issue that as robotics and AI and big data come up, people are becoming even more disengaged because they're so fearful of becoming replaced. They're so fearful of becoming extinct. And instead of trying to add more value to their work, they're sort of giving up giving up uh, a chance to, to not be replaced and becoming, you know, just kind of get, throwing up their arms and going, well, if I'm going to get replaced by a robot, I may as well. And it's not inevitable. You know, uh, we're going to... I'm going to make the offer here live on the program and have my producer follow up with you, but you just touched on a subject that I have been looking at for some number of months. And coincidentally, I was just having a conversation with a very good friend of mine yesterday who's an HR professional about what's going to happen inside of companies when what you just said happens, where technology continues to disintermediate jobs and how do you keep a healthy culture? So we don't have time today on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast to get into that. But, Andrew, would you come back and have a conversation with me about your future of the enterprise project? I would really enjoy that. There's so much more to talk about, uh, not only relative to disengagement, but definitely as to the changing workplace, the changing workforce. And all of it ties back because, you know, people are afraid of change. And change is happening at a very, very rapid pace. And I believe that transformation of, of work and how we define work is definitely having an impact on how engaged our workforce is. And remember, so says Gallup, only 4%, 4% of our entire workforce self-describe uh, as highly engaged. Self-describe. Wow. wow. Well, thank you for your time today. This has been uh, very enlightening, and I'm I'm excited to get you back on the show and talk more about this project that you're working on called, I think I have it right, The Future of Enterprise? Absolutely. All right, sir. Have a good day, and thank you for being a friend of the program. Oh, my pleasure, and congratulations on all of the great podcasts you've got in the can. Thank you, sir. I'd also like to thank our engineer for today, none other than Paul Roberts. Our producers are Joan Park. Crystal Nunley and Haley Stern. If you'd like to connect with me on social media, why don't we start on LinkedIn? I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. My website is criticalmass4forbusiness.com. And my Twitter handle is very simply CEO Peer Groups. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi, 